When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your hosts, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Now, crank it up. Hollywood, we're back with a bonus episode because, you know, I caved like a four-year-old child when they took away my ice cream. So many people wrote in, so many people hit us up on social media and basically cried like little schoolgirls when they heard we weren't doing retroactive as part of the Def Leppard album review. So I said, you know what? Why not give the gift that just keeps on giving and give a little Christmas gift in December and do a bonus episode where we can release a quick review and discussion about the retroactive album? Are you in, my friend? Well, I got voluntold. So, yeah, I guess I'm in. Yeah, we got bullied into this thing. <laughs> well, you could have not showed up and I would have been doing it by myself, you yeah. know. I got voluntold we're doing retroactive. And I remember saying, isn't there like five songs on there and they're done three times or something like that? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. So this review is going to be a slightly quicker and a little bit different review than what we've done with the rest of the Def Leppard albums. But that is because a lot of songs repeat themselves and the songs that repeat themselves really, to be honest, are kind of sucky to me. <laughs> So we'll get into that. But anyway, let's get into some basic facts about this record. So this record was released October 5th of 1993. 
It was recorded in February of 84 to June of 93. So there are songs that are all over the place, B-sides, things such as that. Uh, it was recorded at three, four, five different studios, Joe's Garage, a couple different studios in Munich, Germany, one in the Netherlands. They're all over the place. I guess they're just recording whenever they get the chance to record. Total length of this record is 56 minutes, and the label is Mercury. It was produced by Def Leppard and Pete Woodruff. Pete Woodruff was in on a few albums uh, around the X period. Uh, I know he was involved in that, which is not necessarily a good thing, as you well know from our review. So the album art, let's talk a little bit about the album art because the album art is kind of cool. I saw this picture before it was part of the Def Leppard album, but it's kind of that whole, what are you looking at? A, a woman in a mirror or a skull type thing. What's your thoughts on this album cover? I like those album covers where, you're kind of seeing two things like it's done. Well, I like that the logo didn't have all the bright colors to it really, because it was kind of supposed to be a, almost like these were the throwaway songs we're kind of putting on here now kind of thing. I'll tell you overall, I really liked that Def Leppard put B sides on their singles and the 45s and the CD singles. I have probably more Def Leppard ones than I have from any other band, basically, because they were doing it all the time. Mercury and Polygram had that figured out. Yeah, and so where this falls in the Def Leppard catalog is it comes basically a year after Adrenalize and a couple of years before the Vault Greatest Hits. And that's where the record falls. So the album features touched up versions of B-sides and previously unreleased recordings from the band's recording sessions that span that 84 to 93 time period. And because of what Def Leppard has become to a lot of people after Adrenalize, the original Def Leppard fans were kind of turned off at this point after Adrenalized. So I think the fact that they released this retroactive record and it had a lot of that old Def Leppard feel that people were clamoring for, this record struck a nerve with a lot of people. Uh, this record charted at number nine on the Billboard 200. That's pretty good, especially for a not new studio album, right? This is a B-sides kind of bonus album that they released, right? Yeah, but if you remember these bands that came out of the 80s that were doing greatest hits albums, B-sides, unreleased stuff in the 90s to mid-90s, a lot of those popular albums did well. Like Greatest Hits was the way to go. If you remember, uh, Zeppelin released that four CD compilation thing, and then uh, Rod Stewart released this four CD thing from his whole, I mean, all those things went platinum. They were selling like nuts. Yeah. The other thing is, is this is released after Steve Clark uh, has passed, so this kind of puts a capper on his part in the band, right? Because it features some of the stuff that he had a hand in. Uh, and I think it's probably the last record to feature stuff that he had a hand in, you know, as long as you're not talking about the greatest hits, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. Okay, so we got 14 tracks. We will start with the first track, Desert Song. So this is technically an outtake from the Hysteria Sessions. 
uh, not released before. So technically on this song, Steve Clark is on guitar and Vivian is doing some of the backing vocals. This is really the only song in the entire catalog that has both Steve Clark and Vivian Campbell recording together. So it's just kind of an oddball, but this is what it is. I like the guitar riff. I think that the song and the verse is a little darker, but the pre-chorus and chorus totally fits the stereo. So I can imagine if they were thinking about releasing this in 87, people would have been like, what the hell happened to Def Leppard? This ain't, you know, the stripper sugar on the pole. This is the stripper home alone drinking whiskey, contemplating what the hell happened to her life. Like, so I can imagine why they didn't put it on the album. I think it's a good song overall. I like the Middle Eastern feel of the guitar solo. Like, it's a good song. Yeah, so to me, this is a a little bit darker, and I think probably would have fit better on, like, maybe a high and dry or something. But I like the pre-course. I think it rocks. But I actually don't love the riff on it or the melody of this song. I don't like that chord progression. I think it is dark, right? And it just doesn't fit the overall sound of Def Leppard. And yeah, I can understand why they wouldn't put this on a record like Hysteria, but I think they could have slipped it on a high and dry had it been written at the time. I'm willing to bet that some of this, some of these bits and pieces were probably available at that time period because it would fit more with their, their writing at that time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So second song, Fracture Love, another outtake from the Hysteria Session. So something to back up what you just mentioned. The Hysteria Session is 83 to 87, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot changing in rock. Ballads are becoming huge thanks to the ballads that Dev Lerper put out there in the early 80s. And happy-go-lucky, I want to do everybody in the room and do drugs type songs are getting all over all the airplane hair metal. So I'm assuming that they're writing these darker songs, but they're like, we can't put this on the record. This doesn't really fit what's going on right now. Cause this song's not exactly happy go lucky either. And I kind of like knowing that Def Leppard had these dual personalities in the mid eighties. Like they could write the fun songs, but they were writing this kind of deeper song. This thing, the first two minutes is kind of tame. Then it kicks in and it literally in the vocal with Joe feels like he's screaming and pleading for someone to hear him. Dude, I I had goosebumps when I was listening to this song. I think it's great. 
Oh my God. When I heard this song, this song, this song is one of my absolute faves. I love this song. I can't say enough about fractured love. I put this on playlist all the time. This song could have very easily been on pyromania and would have instantly made hysteria a better record for me. Absolutely. I am just disappointed that this song did not actually make a full on record. I love Fractured Love. I don't know. I can't say anything uh, bad about it. I just, I, I like the whole feel of the song. I like when it kicks in. That riff is just so pounding, so heavy. I mean, it just, it reminds me of like a Too Late for Love or something in that frame, which is why I say it could could have been on Pyromania, but uh, they may have not wanted it on Pyromania because between that and Foolin', it may have been too much of a, uh, sort of similar structure, but it should have been on hysteria.
So the third song is Action, which is a sweet cover. So, you know, for those of us that grew up in this time frame, if you remember, a lot of these big bands used to do cover songs and put them on B-sides. So this was originally a B-side to Make Love Like a Man. And if you also remember, a lot of these bands, what they would do is they would put out single Make Love Like a Man and have four or five different versions of B-sides on them. So they would make you go get all these. That's why I have so many of these. Um, sweet cover, the original's fine. It's an interesting cover. They kind of put a little more queen to it probably. But after listening to Desert Song and Fractured Love, this song does not hold up. The chorus is okay, but the rest of the song is just not that great. Man, this song, whenever somebody does a cover of a sweet song, I swear to God, action is probably the number one choice that the majority of people pick. And I get it. I understand. But there are so many better sweet songs than action. It's okay. Uh, I do agree that I kind of like the little queen thing that they throw in on that song. It makes it a little bit more uh, interesting to me than some of the other covers of this song that I've heard. But yeah, I'm with you. So for song number four, we get two steps behind acoustic style. So this was originally released as one of the B-sides on Make Love Like a Man single and was also on the last Action Hero soundtrack. So this version is acoustic but has some strings added. For the ballad lover that I am, this song is absolutely wow. This is one of my favorite Def Leppard songs. I get it is soft, but it's written so well that the strings work, the backing vocals work, and Joe's like lightly raspy voice doing the melody as those big, beautiful strings and backing vocals are on top of it. The song is absolutely awesome.
Okay. Like Sonny said, it's awesome. <laughs> is this your favorite version, the acoustic version? It is. It is. Okay. All right. Well, I don't have a whole lot to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then we go to a song called She's Too Tough. So this was originally a B-side for Heaven Is, Tonight, and Stand Up, Kick Love Into Motion. Those, so they used it several times. Drums were re-recorded for this. So Helix did this song. In 87 on their Wild in the Streets album. So I had to go listen. And I'm going to tell you, Brian Vollmer is no Joe Elliott. Oh my God, dude. This song is so bad. He looks absolutely ruined this song. Because the song that Def Leppard does is Pyromania, basically, right? I mean, it could be on there. And Joe's really pushing his vocal in the verses. And the chorus is good. But my God. <laughs> the Felix version is so bad. I don't know that I've ever heard that. Okay, I got to go out and listen to that now. So my thoughts on this song is that I actually love this song. Uh, I think it could have gone, you said Pyromania, but I think it could have gone more nicely on High and Dry. Uh, I feel like the course might could be a little bit better if they would have spent a little bit more time on the course. But overall, I dig this tune. And and if this tune came as a B-side to Heaven Is, that's a great single. Yeah, yeah, it is. Because <laughs> I like both those songs a lot. Yeah.
All right, so the sixth song we got on Retroactive is Miss You in a Heartbeat Acoustic Style. So originally, again, released as a B-side for Make Love Like a Man. Like I said, that single had a lot of different B-sides. This acoustic version is technically previously unreleased. Joe Elliott and Pete Woodruff play piano on this. Great acoustic guitar solo on this. Joe's vocal sounds great. And I get it, it's a ballad, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't touch two steps behind. So if that's what they were trying to go after, to me, it doesn't even touch it. But it is really good background music for sexy time. So if you want to, you know, use the music for sexy time, it works. And I would tell you that if like Blackstreet Boys or Sync would have done this in the early 2000s, it'd probably been a huge hit. You just got Blackstreet and Blackstreet Boys mixed up. No, <laughs> Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'll agree with you. Two Steps Behind is probably a better ballad than Missing You in a Heartbeat, but both of them, anyway. <laughs> So the seventh song we have is Only After Dark. And if you've never heard this song, this is a Mick Ronson cover. Uh, originally released on Let's Get It Rock as a B-side, they added some guitars to this version that they put on Retroactive. So I had to go listen to the Mick Ronson version. It is just as bad as the Def Leppard version. Actually <laughs> worse. This stupid glam shit. The song is just bad. The song, I, I don't understand why Def Leppard does these shitty songs. I, I got a Bowie vibe, so I just assumed because Mick Ronson played with Bowie that it might be a Bowie song, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't mind the glam as much as you do, so it doesn't bug me quite as much as you do, but uh, it's not as good as some of the other stuff on this record, so...
so then we go to the eighth song, and it's a re-recording in 87 called Ride Into the Sun, which was originally on the Def Leppard EP back in the early 80s, late 70s. It also ended up as a B-side on the Hysteria single and on the Love Bite single. Ian Hunter does the piano intro here. The original never had Rick Allen or Phil Collins, so this recording gives those two guys a chance to put their stamp on it. That honky-tonk piano thing, I don't think really matches the power with a kick-in when the guitars come in on this song. The meat of this song sounds like early Def Leppard. It's simple, totally works, and I think it's better than most of the shit on On Through the Night, to be honest with you. So it's a good song. I just don't love the honky-tonk piano. Yeah, I'm a little surprised this song never made it on to On Through the Night because it's definitely better than some of the stuff that's on On Through the Night. I mean, this song, like I said, this song was on the EP, which was essentially responsible for getting them signed to their record deal in the first place. You know, songs like Rocks Off and I think Wasted was on that EP, a few other things. So it fits. It would have fit nicely on On Through the Night. But yeah, I mean, I like it. It's a rocker. So the ninth song got on the album from the inside with the hot house flowers. So originally this was a B side on have you ever needed someone so bad? And it was a B side on stand up kick love into motion. So songs written about teenagers doing smack, I guess Dublin, Ireland was like the drug capital back at this time. Songs a little weird. That whole nah, 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 nah. Joe, I hope you're listening. Just sing about strippers and heartbreak, please. This song does not fit Def Leppard to me. Life. I'll be up your wife. I'll 
Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to second everything that you just said with, with that. And one thing that I noticed while looking at these, this track listing and the writers, if the writing credits are accurate, so they gave Phil Collin writing credit on Ride Into the Sun re-recording. Yeah. That motherfucker didn't have anything to do with writing that song. <laughs> somebody is trying to make somebody happy because just because they re-recorded it and maybe he plucked a string or something that dude didn't write that song or have anything to do with it that's funny that's interesting i wonder if that's accurate i don't know anyway but yeah back to the flower song or whatever hot house flowers from the inside that's just kind of meh <laughs> so the 10th song on the album ring of fire and i remember when i read the title i'm like uh-oh because <laughs> i thought it was gonna be a cover Johnny cash yeah i'm like oh no so originally released as a B-side on Pour Some Sugar On Me and Armageddon singles. This version is re-recorded shortened a little bit. Cool pace, like the guitar riff, great guitar solo. You know what? I thought this song would fit on Hysteria. I'm glad it was not the cover because it is actually a pretty good song.
Yep, I like this song as well. This is a good tune. It's the songs like this that make this album worthwhile. All these type songs, like the Ring of Fire and Desert Song, Fractured Love, all that stuff. I just didn't need the 14 versions of slow tunes on here. (laughs) (laughs) And then the last unique song we have on here is song number 11, I Want to Be Your Hero, originally released as a B-side for Animal and for Pour Some Sugar On Me singles. This version has a little bit of a different intro and some re-recorded drums. Now, this is one of those songs, it happens to me every once in a while, where I got to listen several times because... For whatever reason, it loses me. I finish listening to the song and I'm like, well, I can't remember like anything about this song. So I listened to it again and my mind started wandering again. I'm like, what the hell is going on? So I listen again and I'm like, it must be because the song feels like it's at one place. Then it goes to another place. Then it goes to another place. It felt like maybe two or three songs like Frankenstein together maybe. But I still, after listening to it 20 times, can't tell you how the song goes. <laughs> Didn't that Enrique guy write a song called I Want to Be Your Hero? I think it was just Hero. I don't think it was I Want to Be Your. I think that was the line, but I, thought, I think the song was just called Hero. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. this. So did you ever figure out why this song keeps losing your no, attention? No, I just okay. it's got to be because I think it's Frankenstein together. I don't know. I don't know. This one didn't particularly stick with me out of the other songs on this record. So uh, I guess it didn't hold my... Uh, it didn't hold my attention either. They gave Mutt Lang another writing credit on this song as well.
All right, so the last three songs are repeats, but I'll tell you what they are real quick on my thoughts. Miss You in a Heartbeat, electric version. Uh, this song was actually done by The Law originally, uh, although Phil Collin wrote it. The Law had Paul Rogers. Their version is absolutely awesome. So if you listen to uh, their version of this electric song, it's actually really good. And Paul kills the vocal. For Def Leppard, the song's better as a piano ballad. Two Steps Behind, you know, when they say electric, they ain't kidding because the intro comes off like it's ready to kick your ass. And I'm like, oh, dude, just do it acoustic. It sounds better. And then there's a piano version of Miss You in a Heartbeat that's like a hidden track. It's Joe on piano instead of Joe and Woodruff on the piano. Well, what's the difference? Like, I don't know why you had to do these three at the end. Like, the 11 wasn't enough, but whatever. <laughs> so how come all the songs that got repeated were slow songs? Why didn't they repeat Fractured Love? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. I would tell you, I, I did a top two, bottom two. My bottom two are from the inside because I just thought it was stupid. And then the only after dark thing, which I thought it was stupid. But my favorite two, I would say Two Steps Behind, which is always going to be there, and Fractured Love. I really like that song. Yeah, my two favorite are without a doubt Fractured Love. And I'm going to go with Right Into the Sun. Uh, I like that a lot. I like She's Too Tough, but that's my favorite two, Right Into the Sun and Fractured Love. My least favorite two are, yeah, From the Inside and... You know you're going with Miss You in a Heartbeat. Just say it out loud. No, I would I would go with, uh, no, I don't know. I don't like that. I want to be your hero very much either. From the from the inside and um, Miss You in a Heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew you'd end up there. I knew you'd end up there. <laughs> yeah, okay. I could do without one of those 15 <laughs> slow tunes on there. But but I think generally the the old school Leopard fans, they really took to this record because of the Desert Song, Fractured Love, you know, that type stuff. And then they probably pulled in some of the female bass with uh, some of these uh, slower tunes, Machine Heartbeat and Two Steps Behind mainly. Yeah. So there you go. That's my uh, quick take on Retroactive, your quick take on Retroactive. Uh, and then people can be happy that we gave them a little bit of a bonus on something they want it to hear. Yay. Merry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> well, since you got the bonus, you know what? We'll connect it to kiss. You wanted the best, and you got the best. The hottest band in the world. Kiss. It's time for your historic moment on growing up rock. For the historic moment, well, we're in October 1993, so let's look at history at that point. Revenge Tours ended December 92, so in May 93, KISS releases Alive 3, because they don't want you to go without, right? It's 93, so you got Paul on vocals guitar, Gene on bass and guitar, you got Bruce Kulick on guitar, and you got Eric Singer on drums. And you have Derek Sherinian on keyboards, because, you know, supposedly this is a live recording. 17 tracks on it, depending on who you believe, it's either 16 or 17 tracks, you know what? The release police, if you want to come after me, come on. Bring both fists. I don't give a shit. <laughs> don't mess with me. I'm one crazy mofo. I had to pop a cop because he wasn't giving me my props in Oaktown. Track listing, Creature of the Night, Deuce, I Just Wanna, Unholy, Heavens on Fire, Domino, I Was Made for Loving You, I Still Love You, Rock and Roll Night, Lick It Up, Forever, Take It Off, I Love It Loud, Detroit Rock City, God Gave Rock and Roll to You Too, They Even Did the Star Spangled Banner, Bright Dead Middle in the Set, here is Watching You. 
do you consider watching you a deep track? Uh, yeah, I would just because they don't play it live that much. And when you ask people, Hey, what's your favorite gene songs? Even if you ask them top 10, watching you doesn't make it that often. Yeah. I like watching you. I always have going back to even like, uh, you know, the first kiss alive, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's a good tune. I dig that little, it's a cool riff. Yeah. I dig it. So overall retroactive, I'm glad they released it. You know, there's definitely some songs on there that, you know, we can, all right, that could have been on that record. That could have been on that record. I appreciated all the B-sides that I got from these guys. Maiden did a great job with that. Y&T did a great job with that. There was a lot of bands doing some really good B-sides, which was cool because in between records, you got some different flavors. You got to go collect these cool things that nobody else had. It was kind of like almost finding stuff like nowadays on YouTube or a hint track on Spotify or, a you know, you get the Japanese album because it's got a different track. It, if you're a fan, it's cool, right? Because it keeps you going. It keeps you interested. If you put Fractured Love on any of the Def Leppard records, that would be one of my favorite songs on that record. And that includes the first three records. Yeah. I like that song that much. So for that song alone, this record is worth it to me. But this record has some good gems on it for me. You know, I think probably you could have just, this is a theme, but you could have stripped away all this other stuff and just, you know, there's some other B-sides that I know that are out there that uh, would have been better on this record too. But I'm glad they put Desert Song, Fractured Love's good, uh, She's Too Tough is good. There's good stuff. Right Into the Sun's good. I think really what would have been cool is maybe if they'd have just put the EP out, the original EP out, and then added some of these other songs like fractured love to it and action and she's too tough. And, you know, they can put the miss you in a heartbeat and two steps behind some of that stuff. Uh, I think that would have made for just a good little record, but Hey, it is what it is. So love it or hate it. Yeah. And Striper did something like, remember they re-recorded some of the versions because they didn't own them. Right. So it's like, if it's a problem that, well, it's a Mercury thing and Mercury doesn't have, the EP and, you know, we have band members that are not, not long, not around any longer. Just re-record the shit. Yeah. But don't, don't try to pull a lynch mob and re-record. Oh, that's a bad idea. <laughs> and re-record a great record. Oh like, my God. It, that is so bad. Wicked sensation. Uh, don't ever do that. Oh so. my God. That's so bad. <laughs> but anyway, I hope you enjoyed this little bonus episode, uh, for you guys. Uh, I think um, next week we conclude with the album rankings. I think that comes after this. So that's Capper on the Def Leppard series, Capper on December, just about. And yeah, it's all good. Happy holidays. Hope everything is good for everybody. And uh, do you have anything to add, Mr. Pooney, before we get up on out of here? No, thank you for listening. And. We have an interesting spin on what we're going to do on the monthly reviews for 2023. So be on the lookout for that. That's right. It'll be different. It'll be fun. It'll be interesting. And you guys will probably all hate everything we say. Anyway, <laughs> see you later. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys. <laughs>
Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.